Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another Supercoach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz, here to talk all things Round 12 in the Supercoach and AFL world. All the ins and outs, all your questions, and there's been plenty of questions sent in from the community. We really appreciate the feedback, the interaction with you guys. It's amazing. Um, and then naturally, there was a lot of questions this week because there's a lot going on. First round of the Supercoach buys. So there's a lot of discussion about that. And the mid-season draft, which took place on Wednesday, and 17 players got picked up. All their prices and players have been uploaded into the Supercoach uh, data system. So plenty of discussion around them and who will be the first to, uh, well, the, all, to all the players that we should be looking at that were drafted the other night. As always, check us out on all our social media platforms, in particular the YouTube and Twitter Supercoach Insider 100 for the boys. Ben and Chris do a magnificent job um, interacting with you guys on there. And Swiss 26 if you want me directly. Also Stitcher, SoundCloud and Spotify if you want the audio platforms of this. Speaking of audio platforms, shout out to my friend Amanda. for releasing her song Old Flame on Spotify and YouTube this week. So check that out. Um, always uh, uh, you know, great to support local artists. Um, and also local businesses, as I always say, my friend Alicia, House of Bobbins, for the, those who are looking for a, you know, a gift for their wife or you know, a rel- female relative mainly in that, or she does some great stuff for babies, um, for their for nurseries as well, so shout out to her. And to the sponsors of our podcast, Splash Vodka, beautiful, their drink, to especially well, more in the warmer weather, but yeah, I guess there's nothing wrong with a bit of vodka in the cold. It works, obviously, in those uh, cold countries like Russia. So, um, yeah, get on the Splash Vodka, guys. Earn you. Try to earn yourself some crypto and Manscaped. And as Ben said the other day, the Manscaped offer is starting to get close to expiry. So check out their stuff. Um, you know, f- fantastic products to, you know, keep yourself neat down below and also up top for your nose and your ears. So, yeah, no, definitely worth checking out, and we really appreciate the sponsors, like we appreciate you guys in the community. Uh, talking about myself, quickly, 2460 was my score this week. Barely went up any rankings with that. It was a decent scoring week for many people. Um, actually, there's some real mixed scores, like the weekly winner was 2700. A lot of the top players scored 20 in the 25s, but then I did see plenty of other scores around that 21-2200 mark, so... Yeah, I guess it really came down to what premiums you had, what captain you had. Um, for me, I went wits. It's a bit of a safety option there. You know, a little in hindsight would have been nice to have Neil. Got me 7 out of 10 wins if I had Neil and a last-minute um, decision. And sort of a bit of a chat in our A-League chat to put McComb over Clark, just hoping McComb would get on the sco- get a bit more of a scoreboard impact. So... Yeah, though that cost me nine points or eight points there, and Neil would have been an extra forty points. So yeah, seven out of ten wins, which was still really good. Um, Abdul, as I always talk about, I know he took a couple of, um, ranking slides. I think he's still inside the top ten, but he runs some great competitions uh, on the Richmond Foreman Forum, um, where we have knockout competitions, and unfortunately, I found myself knocked out in some of them. Um, I know he posted to the uh, Supercoach admins this week about some ideas, and one was a great idea about, you know, at some point could we have like a knockout tournament in Supercoach um, where everybody, I guess, signs up who signed up to Supercoach or in like groups, a bit like uh, you'd have in a tennis tournament, think the Australian Open, and, you know, you might have your seeded players from the previous year, and 
yeah, you just play each other and it just gets knocked out week to week and doesn't need to start round one, could start later on or whatever. But yeah, I think that that's not a bad idea as well. And as I keep saying, you know, the draft formats, especially that I'm doing the NFL, um, the one that I'm really looking at at the moment would be the auction um, ability to do an auction draft and that. So if you have ideas, keep heading up the, you know, the super coach people, hit up us and, and that, and we can pass it on as well. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes to Supercoach, which I have liked. Um, but as always, um, the community that plays, we, uh, you know, anything we can do to try to get towards a more perfect product for all the users out there and have more users and retaining more users, um, you know, makes it better for a lot of us. So, yeah, keep throwing up your ideas there. All right, on to the ins and outs this week. Only the six games because we've got the buy rounds. So... We have the Friday night game, Doggies versus the Cats. And Bailey Smith is back for the Doggies. Out is Jordan Sweet. Huge news there because those who brought in Tim English, and I apologize to those who asked me about English last week, and I recommended holding for a week. Not that I didn't think he'd go terribly, but coming back from injury, Sweet still in the team, and it made no difference. He went massive for that. So I know Chris was one of those guys that brought him in, so well done to Chris. Um, I was more banking on Wits, and I'm still happy with Wits because of his draw coming on the run home. But, yeah, didn't Tim English look really good the other night? So be interesting to see how it goes. That was against West Coast. The opposition wasn't great. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he backs up now. Sol Ruck, which is good, but then he gets a buy rest. So, yeah, went up 25K, which is an interesting one. And now we've sweet out. Clearly... Cleary, Luke Cleary was the uh, the rookie that we we're all hoping to come in, and then he was named as a sub. Luckily, didn't come on. Um, I know a couple of people are thinking even Ben risked the captaincy of Neil with him and didn't come on, so that could have been disaster. I know a few people got caught out with that in the Carlton game, I think it was with Carroll. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, he's out and named in that first sub position. So um, just watch out for that one again. Uh, then we've got the Cats with Rowan and Stanley in, out Evans and Uncle O'Neill. The Crows versus the Eagles. Patrick Parnell makes his debut, and Tex Walker is back. Chase Jones, Butts, and Luke Brown are out. And then West Coast in is Shannon Hearn, so a bit more relevant there for Witherden owners um, to see how that sort of affects Witherden. You know, he's sort of had some up and down games. Um, lately, but you know, started the season on a house like fire, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes with Hearn back in the side and how those kickouts, um, the distribution of kickouts in that game go. And out is Jones and Rotham, Suns versus North up in uh, in the Northern Territory. Suns are doing the double in the Territory, uh, so we've got Farah and Day and out Constable Sharp and Casbolt in Ben McKay and Zerha and Marnie are out, so not a lot to report from that point of view. But for the uh, emergencies, it's the more interesting thing because uh, Tistus is on the emergency list for the Suns and Archer is on the emergency list for North. And I did have a question about how close is Archer. Well, he's listed as third emergency. You would expect Stephenson to be the sub, but clearly in their mind going forward for North. Um, Elijah Hollins is still not on that emergency list and that... And hopefully at some point they're going to play him because the kid's an absolute gentleman dominating the VFL. Melbourne had a loss last week and they've decided to swing the axe. Uh, out Melshkam, Dunstan, Wiedemann, Stephen May injured, Bedford and Rivers, all those other ones omitted. Tomlinson, Salem, uh, so Salem, Langdon, Harms and Tommy McDonald are back for the Ds. 
Back is Blakely and Amati for the Swannies out. Um, Braden Campbell has been dropped. So I expect him to be named sub. So it'll be interesting to see how Lloyd's um, points go this week. That should spend a bit more time in the Swans' defence. We've obviously playing the Ds at the G. Um, and with Campbell not there as the outlet, it'll be interesting to see yeah, how many times the Swans go to Lloyd. Um, Buddy's out for that hit. I'm not going to get into any controversial stuff with that because of being a Richmond supporter. Um, and Matty Roberts for that one game had some really good uh, under-18 numbers, but unfortunately barely hit the Supercoach scoreboard last week. Hawthorne Pies in Gunston, Callow, Amira, Morris, Hardigan and Reeves. Out McGuinness, Scrimshaw and Frost. And for the Pies, it's just in Chug, McInnes and Rusco. The extended bench on there, that's where it's interesting for us because of those who are hoping maybe a rookie's name. I know a few people have um, Reef McGuinness, so he's on the extended bench at the moment. Probably the most interesting one for those who still have him is McDonald is named on a wing. Uh, so that's a, a good thing for um, those owners there who are trying to get the... Uh, you know, maximize the amount of players that they have this week. And uh, finally is the Fremantle-Brisbane game. And Freo have in Blakely, Hughes, Meek, Crowden, Wilson and Erasmus. Out is Heath Chapman, Tabernard and Walters. And for the Lions, into McCluggage, Matheson, Thomas Berry and Fullerton. Out is Mitch Robertson. And looking through that, Kitty Coleman is named on the bench at the moment. You would expect him to hold his spot. He's been playing very well. Um, Erasmus is in the last spot, so I don't expect him to get a game this week for those are holding him. Uh, they have named Will Brody in the forward line, but hopefully that's uh, just Freo playing a bit of funny buggers there. Uh, there has been some discussion about Neil being tagged by Aish, and Aish is named in the guts, and that is probably why Will Brody has been moved out, because it's Brayshaw, Sarong, and Aish. So those who are thinking about captaining Neil this week, um, definitely something to consider because um, they have said that, that they are planning to tag him and um, it definitely shows uh, that's going to be the case with that that way the Freo Dockers have named that team. Uh, I'll move straight into that sort of captaincy this week and, and just the discussion around the buys. So it's best 18 on field. So I think I've got 22 all up available, or might be 20. I've got 20 on field, plus I'm Lupol and Cooper Stevens off the bench. Um, if he scores better than uh, Ovi scores something decent, say a 60 or whatever, I'll just put McDonald um, off and uh, bring Stevens into my thinking for that uh, top 18 score. So if you're somebody who has everyone playing, which is 22 players, Supercoach will take your best 18. So obviously the more players you have, the better chance you have of scoring a higher score because it will deduct those scores. And you'll see that in the head-to-head -head fixtures. Um, when you get to sort of that 19th player, the bottom one will drop out this week. It does make it really, interest, uh, really easy to do loopholing. Um, especially for your VC and C, because any of those players that are missing this week, Carlton, Richmond, um, who else we got there? Essendon, the Giants. Um, good question on the other two buys. That shows a bit of unpreferred. Uh, St Kilda and Port Adelaide, the other two. So yeah, if you've got any of those players, really easy to just stack, stick the captaincy on one of them and bringing them on field, if that's the case. And in my case. Um, yeah, I've still got two of the defenders on field, which, uh, so if uh, my VC 
which is a bit of discussion at the moment and sort of leaning a couple of different ways, but it's probably going to be Laird playing West Coast. So if he goes sort of 125 plus, I'll just stick the captaincy on Hewitt and then don't have any stress with that. And then I'm looking at, uh, yeah, as with a bit of that captaincy talk, looking at either a Took or a Wits as captain if Laird was to fell. Dogs on a Friday night, plenty of options there. McRae, Dunkley, both have the ability to go 140 plus. Geelong, obviously, a, a better team, but it is at Marvel. Those who have Tim English or looking to bring in Tim English, definitely something to uh, consider there as a vice captain because of their ability to go school, um, ability to go high. Uh, and then you've got the D's as well, who are on the rebound. Oliver Track had an illness last week. Um, and then you've got Gorn, who's up against Laddams in the ruck. So any of those players. Neil is there as a backup, but as I said, Frio are looking to tag this week. So maybe just leave that one alone. Uh, so there's yeah, some very interesting discussions around that. All right, on to these mid-season drafts, because I know a lot of people have asked questions about that. And um, we will get into them. So of the players that have been picked up, uh, Will Hayes, former dog, has gone to the Blues. We've got Brady Turner for Adelaide. Those two have been carving up from an AFL fantasy point of view. Um, Will Hayes is averaging 117 over six games this year. Brady Turner is 108 average, playing in the Sandfall. Um, he's been uh, averaging close to 24 touches a game. So one probably to look out there for Turner because of his uh, just because of the Crows and the way they'll be blooding players. So I'd have him high on my list. Josh Carmichael was that bigger inside midfielder. I know a few Pies supporters weren't happy with the fact that they kind of went another midfielder, but they went best available talent. He was a possibility to go top three in this midseason draft. I know a few other people were talking about well, you know, these guys missed out on the draft at the start of the year. So, yeah, really, they're only the 50th or 60th best player, and possibly, but then some of these guys have, you know, had 12 games to mature. You know, they haven't played a lot of footy over the last two years, so, you know, some of them didn't get the chance to shine. And also, you know, just to develop their bodies and that. So, you know, someone like Carmichael, who's, yeah, put a bit of height and size on, it'd be interesting to see kind of where he would fit in the draft now. You know, it might be a sort of 20, 25 pick and that so it's not as far back as I think some people have been making out uh, and just how the pies will fit him in because he's looked really good in the sandfall he's played eight games this year averaging 105 AFL fantasy um, can go forward and kick goals loves the tackle a bit like Turner there as well so yeah some really some good options there uh, the Bombers won Massimo uh, D'Ambrosio uh, great story there um, and he's been playing in the Richmond VFL looked really good there um, unfortunately did his shoulder butt on the weekend so it's a four to six week it's a more of a long-term prospect something that we may have a look at for next season um, you know hopefully the kid gets some games this year but from a super coach perspective if we really want to be greedy you'd hope they kind of put him in an ice or let him learn the system and look at him next year uh, Jai Carly was number one for West Coast I know there were some rumors about West Coast not picking him but yeah clearly the the star player out there, AFL Fantasy points 96, but I think he's going to be more super coach relevant, uh, which is good for us. Uh, just kind of more that impact player. Um, can definitely go for the midfield, and we've already seen West Coast blooding some midfielders in there. They've got to blood these midfielders staying down the bottom of the ladder. Uh, so, yeah, one definitely to look at. And there, uh, 
as Chris said last year, some of these players need time to learn systems, especially someone like Jai Carly, who hasn't, um, who, you know, been playing for the Dandenong Stingrays, hasn't been in the AFL system. So it's going to take a few weeks for him to get up to scratch, learn all their systems and that. So more, I guess, as it comes that down those last sort of six weeks, might be that last sort of downgrade of a rookie to try to get somebody else up. So wouldn't be moving on them yet. Uh, the ones that possibly you could be moving on right now. Uh, Max Ramson will be an interesting one for Hawthorne because uh, they're down in Rucks. Cozzy, again, is playing in Rucks this week. So um, you might see Hawthorne let him get a couple of weeks to find the system and then just, yeah, and fit him in there. Unfortunately, he's only a Ruck, um, which is you know would have been great as a Ruck forward. But, yeah, their, their Ruck stocks are in all sorts. Uh, Sammy Durden, the former Roo, who was a high, who was a first-round draft pick back in the day. I think it was about eight years ago. Carlton's ruck, um, key defensive stocks have been have really taken a hit. Uh, Weedering going down with that injury last week. You know, I've got Marchbank. Uh, who else? I think Boyd. Uh, there was somebody else up there. Uh, it's 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 got me at the moment. But and then on top of that, Liam Jones obviously retiring because of the COVID. Um, dilemma at the start of the year so yeah I think they're down to Lockie Young so would not be surprised to see Durden you know well, the Blues got their bye so yeah the following week if it would not surprise me if he came straight in 123k I don't think his scoring is going to be that great because he's going to play lockdown key position but at the same time with clearly in and out of the side you know um Jacob Weir will have some question marks about will McVeigh stick with him or go Hamilton or go someone else. Yeah, it might just be the sort of player we need while Weedering's out for six to eight weeks to just come in there and fill a role in our defense and a great downgrade maybe for like a McCartan so we can get somebody else up. Uh, so yeah, one to definitely look at there. And the other one with a lot of discussion at the moment is Bryn Tickle. Port Adelaide. Now, I don't expect how many games this guy's going to play, unless probably something happens with Sammy Hayes, because the Port Rock Stocks are a bit thin at the moment, a bit like Hawthorne there. But he is a 102k ruck forward. So for those with Hayes like me, I'm looking at two more weeks of him, and then swapping him to Tickle, take the cash, which will make about 200 and uh, what would that be? Well, what's Sammy Hayes at the moment? 200. He's 308. So You'd hope Hayes could go a little bit more on. His break even's 49. So if he could get himself to a 320, 330, and we could make 230K from that, that would be perfect. And those in particular who have English or Darcy Cameron in their forward line, um, you know, you can use Tickle as that swap in case, you know, a Gorner or Wits missed a week for whatever reason. Uh, so I think that will be a popular move in a couple of weeks. But Hayes still has a job to do getting us through this buy period. So that's uh, pretty much all on the uh, mid-season. But obviously, there was, there was 17 names. Most of the other guys there I don't expect to play. Clubs have also got a bit of a long-term view, which is fine. And, um, you know, each, each club does it differently. There was plenty of club, clubs that passed this time. St Kilda um, passed early, and then uh, Adelaide, West Coast, North, Frio, Collingwood all had a second pick, and they all decided to pass there. Uh, with this, you know, it's, there's list management that comes into it. Uh, they have to obviously play the, pay the player if they were to delist them at the end of the year and there's payouts and stuff like that. So I can understand why clubs have done that. And hopefully we get a bit of a gem 
like uh, in previous years. So John Newcomb's office are doing really well. Pickett won a premiership in his first game and has been a vital part of Richmond's uh, midfield setup. And then you've got um, Sharma, Sharman for St Kilda, who's looked really good up in their forward line. Uh, Snelling a couple of years ago for the Bombers. Unfortunately, he's been injured this year. So, yeah, there's been some uh, good pickups, and I'm sure you know, out of those 17 picks, we'll get at least one or two that will, you know, put their mark on the competition. All right, questions for this week. Callum, what ro- uh, rookie ruck forward and forward defender options are most likely to get a game time and valuable to exist in the swinging of McCartan and English? Very good one because we just talked about English there and Darcy Cameron, if you had him, Tickle is the one. As I said, more likely the Hawthorne player in Ramson's going to be playing. But if you want the 102 basement guy to swing, you don't really, you know, Tickle playing would just be a bonus. But the reality is you want to be able to swing one of those guys and have that forward coverage. So he's definitely the one. In regards to forward, I think he asked forward defenders, forward defender options. That's actually a really good good question there. Let's go dual position. We'll have a look at that, see if there's anyone else worth getting. I guess you could look at that uh, Patrick Voss. A few people have had him sitting there as their loophole option this year because he is defender forward based at 102. I don't expect him to play. Carmichael's the mid-forward, but that doesn't really help you for your question there because um, a couple of these guys coming in, and then we kind of get more expensive. So I think if it's a case where you just want somebody as your cheapest player, let's just say you've got a Sam DeConning and you want to maximize cash, Patrick Voss, um, SDK down to Patrick Voss, lets you have that loophole option, also opens up a, um, a loophole each week for your cap VC and captaincy, and the Bombers are probably expected to play many games on the sort of the Saturday evening, Sunday, um, late in the round, just because of the floating fixture and how the Bombers are performing. So, yeah, I think he's probably your best option there, mate. Uh, well, Callum's also asked, who are the must-have mid-season rookies? Kind of just talked about that. Uh, so Turner, Hayes, Carmichael, Durden. Uh, other ones that you're looking at who will be playing, Cully as well, just about how long it'll take to set up, uh, get them used to the systems. Uh, to Michael, is it time to trade Bruce? I did that last week. The word out last week, like the week before, kind of had a flu. Then there was issue issue with, um, there was rumours going around about Flynn being unwell. That was kind of disproven on the, on the morning of the game, but... So Bruce was just played in the reserves. Um, McVeigh's come in, and we talked about this, how will GWS set up and the new coach and his favourites and that. We saw Hamilton go out where he came in. Obviously, McVeigh's um, seen enough with Flynn and wants to back him in, in at the moment. Flynn played reasonably well last week. Bruce went back to the reserves and did not play well. So I'm expecting, actually, Bruce might actually be out of the side. When he comes in and plays, he's a 100, 110 guy. I've got no pro- issues with that. And if you've got the ability to hold him, hold him. But, yeah, if, if you're in kind of that struggle where you need to get players up, um, Bruce might be the, have to be the one to go. Um, it's going to be one of those debates each week, I think, for the GWS coaching staff. So I was happy that I got him to Bruce, if, um, to Wits. If you've got the cash and you can go Proust to English, absolutely do that. Even Gorn's down to 550 now. So if you don't have Gorn, Proust to Gorn is an easy trade. 
to Matthew. What should I have for dinner for tonight? Chicken Kiev and chicken parma. Well, by the time I've uploaded this, it'll be Friday night and that. Uh, I'm one of the... I don't want to call myself weird, but yeah, I don't eat chicken and that. It actually makes me ill. And apparently there's 40,000 Australians like me and that, but I've only met two other people. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't actually eat chicken, but uh, most of my mates out there love their palmers and that. So I don't think you can go past the palmer. Um, I did send you a KFC bucket um, emoji and that. So maybe get into some KFC. Uh, uh, Abdul, can you study the number one rated team and let me know how many trades you have he's used? Yeah, I think cash. I did have a bit of a look at that team and cash generation. You are correct. That looks uh, looks a bit of a problem. And it's uh, yeah. So that's Presti's premiers uh, leading the way at the moment. It's had his backline set up all year with Sicily and Stewart. So well done, well done there because those two have been absolutely flying. And every time we look at trying to get Stewart in. He goes berserk, so Stewart at home hasn't played as that many games at Geelong so far, and he's killed it both times, so um, I think he's next three away, and the, well, away from Skilled, or GMBH, or A, or whatever it's called these days, so somebody to look at on the run home, because they do have quite a lot of games um, on the run home, and I'll, I'll get that up, and that's so Geelong. Uh, they've got Bulldogs, then they got West Coast away, so he should probably feast on them. Then they've got the Tigers at the G, but after that, it's North. Uh, then they've got Melbourne, uh, Carlton's at the G, Port's at Adelaide Oval, but then they've got the Bulldogs again down at GMB, GMHBA, St Kilda there as well. Suns are away, West Coast down there, so that's one, two, three, uh, what have we got there? Four, five, I think five of their last eight. Um, yeah, so if you. If there's a way for that last spot to get Stewart in, um, definitely look at that because, yeah, he's absolutely killing it down the Geelong. The skinny ground, team's bombing, and, and he's just freeing himself up. And now that they've got De Conning down there, um, the ability for Plissars when Stanley plays, the player's kind of that key defender or that third defender. Just let Stewart do whatever he wants. Uh, you'd hope teams kind of man him up. But, yeah, looking at uh, this Prestige Premier's, uh, they've still got McCarter and Rosas that they can do something with. Sammy Hayes, he'll be able to downgrade him. Uh, Saligo, well, he'll go up a little bit more in value. So will Clark. So he does have some options there, mate. Um, uh, Rory Thompson's obviously an issue. And then Buku as well. But I don't think it's all dire for him. He still does have some moves to make there. Um, but it's interesting to kind of track how he, he'll go or she'll go. Um, that's Caleb, so I'm going to gather he... Um, I guess you can't gather those things anymore, but, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, well, Caleb's 26,683 points overall, uh, 220 points ahead of Emil, and definitely Emil, who's number two, and Abdul's down at nine, so roughly 300 points behind, um, so yeah, you know, that, that's literally, like, captaincy, like, last week I talked about giving up 40 points there and I think I've done that like two or three of the last you know weeks so if there's if you can get a good VC in if you say Abdul had an English and he went off again and and Prestia didn't get on him and just got on a kind of 120 guy well you know all of a sudden it's you know 260 points it's nothing in it it's kind of like one trade decision and you know you could be up there again or right up there in the uh, you know the 50k discussion uh, to, um, to Matty G, should I take a hit this week and save trades for next week? Yeah, the problem is if you trade this week, 
that that player that you bring in will have a buy. So the ones that you kind of want to target is English and Bailey Smith, just because of their break even. And now that Bailey Smith picked up forward status, all the dual position players that have come out, uh, and the big two out of that was Bailey Smith and Bont, as we were kind of expecting to get that dual position. Uh, so they're the two that you want to be looking at. But at the same time, the dogs have the buy next week, and then that could seriously affect your side. So without looking into everyone else, individual sides and that's hard to comment but have a look if with your round 13 side how many dogs you or how many other players you've got to buy if you can still field 18 um yeah bring in smith bring in english bring in bond um if you can't well maybe you need to hold off for after their buy if you're a head-to-head league player well who cares take the loss next week and just load up on as many of those dogs as you can you could have your whole forward line be dogs even though you know, I kind of prefer having like, you know, Parker and Brody down there, but there is a world where I've seen a couple teams have all the Bulldogs up there. All right, so we've got Brad. How many trades should we have left after the buys uh, if team is fully completed? I always try to base it around that sort of six mark and that, maybe because of the COVID issues and that, you know, in a perfect world, you maybe have eight or 10 and then um, maybe have one boost left, but yeah, if, if your team is finished, all you're doing is having those trades there to cover for major injuries um, or have the flexibility in case, you know, you you get really high up in the rankings like an Abdul or you're playing for your league wins and you want to make a move coming into those finals or if you're trying to make finals, trying to make a move there. But um, yeah, in a perfect world, you know, are you going to get more than six injuries? Touch wood, you don't. Uh, um Peter Kay, was trading out Tom Green the right move? Yes. Or could he still be considered a key- keeper? I haven't analysed DWS and that. No, I, I've i got no issue with the trading out of Tom Green uh, just because the way the Giants are setting up now, Cornelio is going back in the guards. Duh. Anyone who picked up Josh Kelly three or four weeks ago, um, my old mate there, Benny Boy, absolutely hates me talking about him, but I did talk about him in that pod bar, Benny, so you can acknowledge me for that, bud. Um, yeah, he's been absolutely flying. He's back as their major ball winner in there. Cogs is the support. And then you've got, you know, sort of the other guys, Taranto, Tom Green. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of sharing that load there. But, like, he's still good. He's still going to go in that 90 sort of range and that. But I just don't think he's going to do what he did at the start where. And that was more on um, Leon Cameron just banking him in as the main guy. And we talked about some weeks where Kelly was ending up in the forward line, so it was Canelio. And, yeah, now that they're back in the guts, they kind of set up there, changed their setup where, yeah, Green's getting enough CBAs, but doesn't mean, just because you're getting CBAs doesn't mean you're getting the ball. Like there's players that say the Bombers, for example, get CBAs, but Parrish always is the one that gets the ball. And that So you've always got, uh, well, Melbourne's another example. Oliver Petrarca, there's always a third. There's like Viney in there. Uh, or Brayshaw, yeah, they go great. You know, 90, they might go 100. But they're not going those massive scores because they've got Oliver and Petrarca that does that. That's just natural. Michael Fleming, uh, bring English in this round with a low break even or wait. Perfect world. If you, if you can afford to bring him in this week, bring him in. Abdul, my plan force player to have the best of the best means you have to make sacrifices. Interesting. I'll have close to the best in all lines except the midfield where my... M8 will be Brody. Question is, is it worth trading Brody to steal in round 16, 17, which will then leave me with two trades, just two trades left, from left plus McCartan on the bench, who can be sub. Yeah, I don't mind. 
well that and that's something i know i've done in the past especially the year sort of rank 200 and um a couple of the mistakes just well mistakes it was more the case of going you know sort of going for it and trying to finish as high as possible uh but that year i had an m9 and then i also had a bench player like a mccartan who could swing between forward and defense so if you've got a one-week injury um, it's just really easy to bring one of them on and also gives you the ability to loophole each week. So some people set that up and go, okay, I'm going to go down to those two trades or whatever. I'm going to use all my trades, but I'm going to put like a Dangerfield or a Mitchell or someone like that as my M9 and have a McCartan there as backup. There's no issue with doing that too, especially if you've got a Darcy Cameron or a Tim English who can also loophole on your ruck. Um, and then you're only hoping their injuries aren't long-term. If it's a one-weeker, well, you, you actually you don't mind one-weekers to, a, say, a McRae or somebody who's highly owned because you know you've got the coverage where other people might have to use a trade to keep up there. So, yeah, no, I don't mind it, Abdul. Just maybe try to keep a couple more up your sleeve because you're a real chance, buddy. Uh, to Mark, are there any of their mid-season rookies? We've talked about that, especially Ruck Forward. Yeah, get on that take uh tickle guy um that for that not going to play much but he's just there as the uh ability to loophole and decay darcy for Proust or hold Proust and hope he comes back yeah get on darcy and that we we had a quick discussion about that last week uh looks really good i was kind of surprised how well he went against melbourne but the whole how Freo played in that second half was unbelievable Darcy's issue is his injury, so you need to get out plan or a backup in case he misses a week or two because he always misses weeks. But when he plays, God, he scores so well and uh, would not be surprised if our starting rucks next year are Darcy in English. But again, you just kind of need to plan for um, English because, I mean, for Darcy and even English because they do um, get the odd injury. So, yeah, definitely have a thought about that. And over on the Twitter, Michikos... Pay up for sick now or wait for Sinclair next week and use the cash somewhere else. Um, hard not to have him in the team. Can't get Stuart with his buy. Yeah, it's killing me as well. And I know Benny and I were talking about this today. You know, I, I was so big on Whitfield not being top eight and I still took Ben's advice on getting Whitfield over Sicily. It's absolutely killed my season. Um, and sometimes it's just those little decisions. But I did get Sinclair and he's flying. We talked about we're still out. He's one of their main guys in there another 140 next week or last week so yeah i don't mind it running like getting in sinclair hoping um like you kind of your opponents or some of those highly ranked people don't have sinclair and they've only got um sicily and then you know fingers crossed sicily has one of these brain fades and hits somebody and then misses a week and that's where you're probably going to make that up but i think sinclair can still score similar to sicily going to run home as well as sicily's playing uh, Sinclair, until Steele gets back at least, is going to be a really good scorer. Just the question, when Steele gets back, how is that going to affect? But then saying that, Sicily or any other defender could be out injured then, and then you know you might have the sideways. Uh, to Corey, should I go for 18 this week or hold off as I have 17, but uh, have 14 premiums playing as next week can get Walsh and Parrish? Well, yeah, it's a good one. I don't mind that. Um... I've seen that in the past. I know I think I did that last year where I was happy to 17 because if it meant trading in just, say, a rookie, I know Ben's done this. He's going early on Mitchie Owens even though he's not playing this week. Um, after he had a really good game last week, he's going to be probably the best cash cow next week. Is going, well, okay, I'll play 17 because if I was to bring in a rookie anyway, 
they might score a 10, 20, 30. You know, we saw that week where Morris Rioli scored a 7. So then you waste a trade for a guy that's going to have a buy and could get in, potentially get dropped for like a low score anyway. You know, if it pays off and they go big, well, well done to you. Um, and then if you um, bring in a premium, well, you know you're going to be in a, you know, the same situation the following week as well with that buy. So, yeah, playing with 17, maybe have a, if you're head-to-head, have a look at some of your matchups. You might still be able to get the job done anyway. So it's not the end of the world. Obviously, if it's 14 premiums, that's still pretty good because um, there'll be players you're playing against and other people that won't have that many. Uh, but if you're, um, yeah, if you're in a head-to-head matchup, and it gets down to the last game, and you need that. Well, you've always got that trade up the sleeve if um, you need to make that pull the trigger to get the win. Uh, to Braden Darcy or English, more important by this week. If English, is it worth getting Darcy next week? Um, yeah, I don't mind if you've got the cash to do it because you've got the option to put English in the forward line and then get Darcy in your ruck next week. So yeah, if you've got the cash, no brainer, mate. Uh, to DV, do you like Luke Ryan? This is definitely a question for Chris because I know Chris will absolutely be throwing stuff right now. He's had Luke Ryan all year and it's frustrated him. Um, I'm a little biased because I really like Luke Ryan. I just, for whatever reason, he's my favourite Freo player and yeah, I just like the way he goes about it uh, as a defender or if not a keeper ca- uh, cash gen option to make a prem- uh, premium defender. Also, are there any recommended bargain mid-price buy a bargain priced mids? I heard last year players were um, gifted extra trades. Is this likely? I'm at ten trades, no cash, and still unfinished team. Yeah, <laughs> get that emoji you've sent in there too, DV. Uh, in regards to the trades, no, that's why we got thirty-five this year, so they wouldn't be addition ones unless something massively changed with COVID. But it looks like most of the country's kind of got a bit more of a handle on that. As much as, you know, unfortunately, people are passing away and, you know, people are still getting ill. I don't think it's going to be the full lockdowns that we've had in the past. So if that doesn't happen, then we're not getting extra trade. So you're going to be in a bit of trouble with that. So you do need to go the bargain price players. Uh, so your best bargain price players, as I get it up and look at that. So you're probably looking, I'm gathering you're talking about guys in that sort of 400 um, to sort of 5 range. If you start going less than that, you're not going to find um, anyone really decent to enough who's going to keep up. There's obviously always the diamond in the roughs and that. Um, a little bit more expensive and, and not what you're talking about, but I know a few people talked about Ollie Wines this week. Uh, Luke McDonald, I was talking about him ages ago, absolutely kill it, killing it. Uh, so I think after that 28... When I was talking about him at 380, he's gone 101, 76, 102, 98, 91, unfortunately 63, 127, and 132. So as a guy at 474, is not a bad option there. Um, Gresham's looked pretty good with um, Steele out, but then I, I sort of get more worried about that. Luke Ryan at, at 450 is an absolute bargain for his price. Um, the problem with Ryan, it's always the same thing. He is going to throw in 60s at you, but he will throw in 140s. Like he's already gone 141 at 156 this year. That is what he does. So if you're a if you're an overall player, he's not so bad because you know he's going to throw in those big scores. If you're a head-to-head player, he's going to frustrate you because he'll lose you more games than you'll win. Um, yeah, so it's not terrible because yeah, he's yeah he's got the ability to average well. And, and goes on runs, but he's had injury problems in the past. And yeah, those low scores that he throws in, especially when he has to play key defender, uh, a bit of a problem there. Dylan Moore's uh, dropped off, so 
that's a bit of a problem. Um, so I should be looking at this by average. Uh, even Isaac Heaney's gone down to four, uh, 460. This is what he does. He has his you know, ups and downs and that. You really kind of want to look at people for, for their draw. So um, that was the thing at the start of the year when Heaney was playing you know, North, West Coast, um, you know, GWS when they were struggling, he was absolutely flying. Now it's a bit of a different story because you know, they, they've got some more tougher games with the Ds this week and that, but maybe somebody to look at a little bit further after the buys uh, because he, you know, when they're playing the Crows and North in that run home, the Giants again, uh, he definitely can pick up and lead him to the, in the buys. Tommy Mitchell's at 480, had the 85 last week. I did recommend holding and waiting, um, but you know, we know what he can do. His break-even this week still only 70. Um, it's not gonna, he's not going to go up on that much cash unless you're really strapped. Um, but he's still got two more games before the buy. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not a bad option there at 480. Jakey Lloyd's at 490. Be interesting again what happens with him with Braden Campbell. Uh, so you've got a couple options there. Uh, Angus Brayshaw's been playing pretty well for 450. But again, they, you start getting to areas where these guys are kind of averaging 90. Um, yeah, if you, you can kind of get on a run, um, you know, Tim Kelly could be big risk, big reward. His uh, last four weeks, 95, 114, 80, and 139. Uh, they do have a few soft games coming up after the bye, but then some of these midfielders, sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, they play harder teams. They just run around and, and do what they want. Um, you know, but they've all got sort of... in interesting issues Matty Crouch coming back 62 he could drop some some coin but they play West Coast this week could very easily come out and go 110 120 has a habit of it uh Tommy Hawkins is the one that I've recommended before the 450k uh last three weeks 108 85 81 but the interesting is that run home they do play after their by West Coast twice they've also got the Suns you know, Sun's a bit tougher team these days, but they do have them. They have the Kangas down at Geelong. Um, so Tommy Hawkins, if you're, especially overall, but even if you're looking for somebody for the week that you want to throw on the vice-captaincy, um, yeah, it could be a good call there. The goalie's still at 426. So that's probably as much value as you can get for a sort of mid-forward guy. So there, there's some options. You know, I'd rather the premiums, but I get some people have got themselves in a bit of issues there because of their cash-gen situation. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of have a look at them, have a look at the fixture, uh, have a look at their role. Like Dugowie, you know, he gets in that midfield. He's an impact player. Uh, so, yeah, he can definitely go on a run and, you know, average 110 on a run home. You're not necessarily needing these guys to be finished top six. You just need them for their sort of eight to ten weeks to able to average you a decent score compared to some of these premium guys. Like a Tom Hawkins, yeah, he might throw in a couple of 60s on the way home. But against a couple of those weaker teams, him and Jeremy Cameron could very much go 140, 150. We've seen Hawkins go 200 before. It's not out of the question that, you know, against West Coast, the way they're playing, and especially, you know, they take West Coast down to long, like the dogs in Richmond who aren't trout, like, yeah, they're going all right. They're around the mark, but they're not one of the top teams. Beat, beating West Coast by 100 points. Like, if Geelong needed the percentage, what could they do on their day against West Coast? So they're just some food for thought there. Uh, to Brad, defensive upgrade buys, not an issue. Pay up for Stewart before he's, he's 650 or go Dawson. I already have Sinclair and Sicily. Go get Stewart, mate. Simple as that. 
Isaac, always like questions from Isaac. Thoughts on Bruce Heaney and McCartan to Darcy English and Cleary. The problem with Cleary, you know, he looks like he's uh, the new sub guy for Bevo. Um, if it's not him, do you go one week early and just go get weird, but then there's no guarantees? Or do you, if you've got that extra 6K, get Cleary up to Durden? Um, I'm confident enough that he's going to get some games, but yeah, that it, it's, it's an interesting one there. Um, Jason said, not from the draft, but Archer, a good chance to play. We talked about Archer before. He's on the cusp of playing. You would think North would give him some games, but there's no guarantees there. Uh, Nelson, my old work colleague, are 18, are 18 clubs stupid for not drafting Florcina, or are we the ones that are stupid? And I replied to him on Twitter and said, he looked good, but apparently it wasn't in any of the club plans. Um, I look at the mid-season draft as more as a needs base, but interesting, some clubs took who they thought was the best available. So, you know, he looked good in that game that he played. I think he's got about 100 super coach in that, but it's there's different reasons why clubs are looking. And I think a lot of the ages of the players that went outside Carlton needing a needs base in Durden, um, they were sort of that 18, 19, 20-year-old to develop long-term. Um, and, yeah, West Coast, as much as they probably could do with him in there, yeah, they're in, they've got to start with the rebuild. So picking up somebody who's a bit more older and mature, as good as they probably could be playing in the footy system, uh, aren't going to be there. And the problem is, if they're going to go to a top club, and a couple of those top clubs didn't have picks, um, yeah, they're more going there as a um, you know break glass in case of emergency. Like Melbourne, say, if a whole or Petrarca went down and they needed a mature age just to come in. But some of those clubs, their list is already ready for that. Like Melbourne, they already got Dunstan. So... Yeah, it's a, you know, you'd like to see some of these guys play. We saw what Nick Martin did, come straight in and looks at home. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these guys get picked up. But then, same time, look at Nathan Freeman. You know, he's, he's been fantastic at the VFL level. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, after that injury that he had and, you know, just other clubs just sort of got a bit weary on that. And it would have been great to see him get an opportunity back in the AFL. But it just, unfortunately, doesn't happen sometimes like just depends what clubs and list managers are trying to do and that is it for the questions this week unless i've got a late one from facebook which i think i do from timmy ward and he's always question mark t call yes mate yes absolutely yeah so that's all the questions this week as i said an interesting one buys and that if you can in a perfect world you want to hold this week however if you're in a position where you know you've got um plenty of players coverage next week English, Bailey, Smith, Bont are your three that you're focusing on. Um, those dogs are now, all three of them have forward status. Well, English already had it, but you have Bont and Bailey Smith. You have, um, you, you definitely want to look at plans of getting them in. And I, I'm sure if I can get them in this week, because as I said, I've got more than enough players playing. So it depends if I uh, yeah, go that way, because I don't have as many next week. Or if I hold up and then hopefully find the cash for them next week. But Bailey Smith's break even. I think it's still in the 50s. So he's the one. Timmy English is the same. It's going to go up and spike in value. And uh, yeah, Stuart for the Cats. That's another one to definitely consider if you've got the cash. And yeah, so if you're, if you're in a um, position where you've got a big treasure chest of cash there, go out spending, go get these players because it will put you ahead of the game. And yeah, as I said, you know, happy super coaching. It'll be an interesting week with these buys. Um, probably in a couple of weeks' time, we'll start seeing these mid-season guys start floating through. Hopefully, Durden for next week. But yeah, outside of that, um, yeah, you usually get a few late rookies, but they probably become a little bit less relevant. 
you're kind of looking at those guys one or two k to maximize cash and then just kind of leaving and um, you know either that dual position player like um, abdul was talking about like a mccartan to swing there between your f7 and d7 so you just want a little bit of backup but yeah we're not looking at those you know as much as the cash cows anymore but yeah as we say you know thank you for everybody for tuning in and yeah continue to uh, send in your questions and, and we'll do our best to answer them before the lockout starts uh, for the first game that's all that have a great weekend and we'll talk soon bye